0: Connecting life and faith. This is connections. If we believe that God is present in our daily lives in every moment, which we do as Christians, we believe that to be true, we should act upon that. We should recognize that. We should we should practice that presence of God. And what better way to do
1: that than through liturgy and through prayer?
0: We're joined today by
1: Leslie Thompson. She is a spokesperson for Every Moment Holy. Now, they have plenty of liturgies for daily life, everything from liturgies for when you're changing diapers to a liturgy for setting up a Christmas tree. Today on Connections, Leslie will share with us how we can find God and we can find the divine in the middle of everyday life. We're joined today by Leslie Thompson. She is a mother. She's a wife. She's a podcast host and producer, as well as a storyteller, creative projects consultant, and the spokesperson for Every Moment Holy. Tell us a little bit about Every Moment Holy. What is Every Moment Holy?
0: Yeah, Every Moment Holy is a a series of prayers and liturgies for everyday life. Um, Liturgy is a really big word, and people Mm -hmm. who come from High Church traditions will have a certain relationship to that word as being a series of services and prayers that follow the church liturgical calendar um but in a broader sense, liturgy is is just um it's it's the habits and the practices that form us um and thinking of that in a spiritual context so the these books they take the shape in books app we have an app. Um there are prints, there are audiobooks. The Every Moment Holy series brings new prayers and liturgies for daily life. And it uh, first launched in 2017, and there are two volumes and an app.
1: Why is it so important to include a liturgy in our daily life? Hmm.
0: There's this concept called quorum deo. It's a it's a big fancy word that that means. Um, all of life lived out under the gaze of God. So the idea that if we believe that God is present in our daily lives in every moment, which we do as Christians, we believe that to be true, we should act upon that. We should recognize that. We We should practice that presence of God. In fact, there's a book called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's one of those very old spiritual classics, a series of conversations and letters from a monk called Brother Lawrence, who was known as having this mastery of the practice of the presence of God. And he just worked in a kitchen at a monastery. And he would remark that, you know, even while I'm working in the kitchen or, you know, when he was peeling potatoes, he would be talking to God in constant communion with God, which is prayer. And so it it's important for us as believers to recognize that every moment is shot through a sacred purpose. That's as a marketing copy for the book, but it's so true. Uh, And so to be in constant communication with God, I think these, these books help put words to that where sometimes we don't have them. Um, And I was going to say, like, when it comes
1: to, Practicing the presence of God—it seems like something that is so simple, right? Because well, hey, God's with me all the time, right? Okay, yeah, right, yeah, sure. But really, you're you're saying that these will help help us actually guide us, like you said, with words, so that we are mm-hmm. able to practice the presence of God fully, right? Well,
0: anything that's a practice or a habit takes time to develop. Um, people who who have different health practices or instrument or, you know, anything of that, of that nature, it is a practice, meaning you do it over and over and over and, and you are constantly working to refine it. And, you know, not to say that the Christian walk is necessarily work, but it is a commitment, right? Taking up our cross daily and following God. And, and so to practice that, uh you need some sort of assistance and help to to maybe walk on that way. What does it look like to practice a holy moment while I'm doing the laundry, for example? You know, and what is the spiritual significance of this? Um, it's not something that'll just happen overnight. I remember in college once I had resolved, I woke up one morning and I thought, I'm just going to be praying to God all the time. It's just going to be a constant conversation. And by the time I got to breakfast, I was keenly aware of how distractible I am. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: and, And that's not to say that, you know, end goal is that you're constantly just having this quiet conversation in your head with God. How wonderful would that be? But I think realistically, it's recognizing moments that you acknowledge the presence of God in them, even the ordinary ones. Okay. So how about
1: being a parent or being a mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, like how I got vomited on last night, you know, yeah. so like that, where is the holiness in that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think any, anyone has these ordinary mundane moments that it's hard to recognize the holiness in them as parents. And as a mother, Uh, Your life is kind of doing things over and over and over. The same things, changing diapers. In fact, I just had a conversation with someone yesterday who has a 13-year-old. And until that moment, I had not put together that I will not be changing diapers multiple times a day, every day. (laughs) There will come a time when that will stop. Uh, But it is hard to recognize the spiritual significance of that there's a there's a functional significance right i don't want my child to be sitting in their own waste i i i care about this child's well-being but there's a deeper significance and and there's a liturgy in every moment holy uh the changing of diapers and there's a print of it that that uh, rabbit room press has and i have it hanging above my daughter's changing table and the the it ends with this passage um that this diaper might sit upstream the changing of a heart, and that the changing of a heart might sit upstream the changing of the world. And putting that into a spiritual significance, you know, not to over spiritualize it necessarily, but my caring for my child and my desire for her to be well and whole has a deeper impact in in our community. In my immediate community, long term impact, it's that daily commitment of changing the diaper that re- symbolizes something deeper and so when we can recognize that and 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 bring that into our mundane moments, it begins to contextualize uh, our faith and I love how. It starts with us, but this spreads
1: and it can spread so easily to the mm-hmm. community around you, like you were just saying.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are so many liturgies in this series that my one of my favorite ones is liturgy to begin a purposeful gathering that is meant to be read before a gathering of some significance. And it recognizes that some people might be coming with heavy hearts. Some people might be coming in a season of celebration, but recognizing that in this place and time we have all these different people who are experiencing different things and God is present for all of it. And and it is, it is a it is a rippling effect out into our communities when we recognize that even in the the most ordinary of moments, God is present and God is is with us.
1: You were just mentioning the whole um making room for celebration during a season of mm. suffering. Um, What hard season were you enduring when this was written?
0: So uh, 2020 was hard on all of us. I don't think I need to go any further there. Um, But what was interesting about it is it was hard from the COVID-19 perspective. But then I I knew a lot of people, myself included, who experienced some very unique personal tragedy. Um, I myself in 2020 experienced miscarriage. My husband and I. Um, our first pregnancy ended in miscarriage. And uh, this was a thing I'd heard of that I knew other people who went through it, but I had no words to articulate what I was feeling. And I just told a, a couple of friends that we, after the ultrasound, that it had happened. And my husband and I retreated to a lake, one of our favorite spots, and we put up hammocks and I just sat there and didn't, you know, kind of swirling in in everything and nothing at the same time. And one of my friends that I told is actually um, the editor at the Rabbit Room, and he sent me the PDF um, of the liturgy for one who suffers a miscarriage or stillbirth and uh this is found in volume 2 which is a volume of liturgies for death grief and hope and i sat there looking over this lake drowning in my own confusion and then these words appeared um and i they they put words to feelings that i i didn't know how to articulate and a couple months later, I do a yearly fall celebration. It's this whole thing. It's it's bigger than it should be. And it, all it is is just me and my house inviting people in and making a ton of fall treats. But nobody was gathering that fall. And so I decided to do a live stream, as we all were in 2020. And uh, I, I threw myself and my grief into this celebration because I needed to remember that um god turns our our mourning into dancing and rejoicing and doesn't forget about it right there there's not a we don't forget that jesus died on the cross we rejoice that he rose from the dead three days later so um i i found a need to find a place for rejoicing and the idea of that is very hard i think when you're in the middle of mm. it and i i don't think that it's always appropriate to rejoice immediately in suffering but they go hand in hand and i think when when you are experiencing joy there is yet still a recognition of suffering that we can have for one another and we talk about the community effect the the, the rippling of this understanding mm. is is profound and I think it will strengthen communities when we can both live in celebration and suffering side by side.
1: One of my questions was going to be, how hard was that for you? And how long did that take? Because most people are going to be like, well, how am I supposed to be excited mm-hmm. and celebrate when I'm in such a dark place? And especially, you know, Absolutely. the pandemic to all of these things that people may be going through in their lives right now. Mm. The thought of celebration is, not something that a lot of people right. are able to wrap their heads around.
0: Absolutely. I um one of the things that I actually referenced, I wrote a blog about this idea. Why why do this sort of frivolous live stream celebration thing in the middle of global suffering? And I actually referenced, you know, you're you all are in Canada, but you will remember 9/11, I'm sure, and and you know, in the US that was a um, it, it changed everything. And I, I was in sixth grade. So as an adult, I'm starting to better understand how it really affected everything. Because for me, I didn't really know how the world was before that. I, I just, we didn't travel much. So I didn't know those sorts of things. I didn't quite get the implications, but now I'm, I'm coming to a greater understanding. And there's this, um, after it happened, you know, late night talk shows and we're, we're trying to figure out how to come back. And I believe it was Jon Stewart had this incredible monologue on the first show back about why it was important to laugh again after. You know, when you look at things like the Great Depression, there was a desire and a need to go to the movies to feel a sort of joy because uh, God is a God of of joy and of sorrow. And those things live together and it's hard. And and I think God also is a God of seasons and a recognition of in this moment, you don't need to be celebrating right now. And it is okay to sit in your grief and God will sit with you in that grief, in fact, that's the wonderful thing about God being omnipresent. You know, at the same time, God is laughing alongside one person. God is also sitting in silence with another. And I i don't mean to say that suffering and celebration uh, should coexist in a way that's insensitive to those who are suffering. Uh, I think if you are suffering and it sounds difficult to celebrate, I invite people to read the Psalms. Uh, to read about the times that that people who have followed God for ages have have just laid themselves down in the valley and have stayed there, and God will meet them there. God does meet you there, and He will turn that into rejoicing when the time is right, but it it can be difficult to look that uh in the face in the times of suffering and grief.
1: Most definitely. Um, interesting about the pandemic and you talking about rejoicing and, and celebration in this dark time. There was still beauty that came mm. out of this yes. dark season for many of us time with our family that we'd never mm. get. Maybe we had kids at home from school who would typically be in the classroom. Yes, there was some frustration there. But mm-hmm. again, there is the beauty in getting this time back that we may not have had. With Absolutely.
0: Children. Absolutely. And, and that was one of the, I, I didn't have a child when it, when the shutdown began, but I just saw all of these people, of course, struggling through that very difficult. And now that I have a, a child, I have, uh, the, the beautiful part of celebration is and, and rejoicing and renewal is we did end up having our first child. Um, and she's 14 months now is beautiful baby girl who vomited on me last night. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> again, suffering alongside celebration and, um, But, you know, now I just, I, I, for a few hours a week, she is with someone else. And I think about, boy, what would that be like if suddenly all of that went away? And it would be very, very difficult and challenging. And you probably see sides of yourself that you never wanted to see. And your children probably see sides of yourself you never wanted them to see. But the beauty of being present with each other, um, I can, I can absolutely see how that would be unmatched.
1: I know that's what I loved about the pandemic, getting mm. my kids getting my kids at home, even though yeah. we fought like cats and dogs when I sure. had to teach one of them. One of them wasn't in school, but one of them I had okay. to teach. And oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> my little bestie daughter, she didn't oh. like me. Oh, but no. mama was like, I love being home with you. This is fabulous. <laughs> love me. I love, love me. you of choice of being yes. parents it's great mm-hmm. um okay going back to um prayer and liturgy one big excuse we're all gonna have is i don't have time for this yeah like, like what, what no i don't have time to spare for this what yeah. would you say to that person
0: well um the beautiful thing is that it can be done at the same time as you're doing everything else uh prayer is is not a it does not have to be rather you know there is this idea of th- prayer and having a prayer practice that we find our altar and we sit and pray and we journal and that that's not uh, there are times for that and that is a beautiful spiritual discipline. But prayer at its core is just conversation. It's just communication that can be done silently. And so that's what I love about Every Moment Holy is while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm doing domestic chores, You know, I might not have the book right next to me or I might not have my phone right next to me because of um, with the app on it. But I can still remember that. My gosh, what this is a great opportunity to just express how frustrated I am that this is a thing we have to do. I just did this three days ago. But yet what is what is the importance of this? Oh, yeah, God, this is important because I am creating a space by which myself and my family can feel comfortable and safe and what does that mean you you create space for us to be comfortable and safe i this is a reflection of you that's it that's prayer and that's a that's a conversation to to better understand the heart of our creator and so you know there are practical things you can do to make prayer easier have a have you know these books there's a there's a liturgy for the ritual of morning coffee. And I I don't have, I, at one point in my life, I did have it memorized because I was literally reading it every morning. But what I do have memorized is the single line, move me, oh spirit, to quiet my heart. And I say that every morning when I wake up, before my eyes open, before I, you know, turn the light on, I just say, move me, oh spirit, to quiet my heart. I adopted that phrase in just a, a time when, my stomach was in constant jumbles a few months ago. We all have those seasons. And I just said that as soon as I woke up. And so maybe, and for everyone, it's different, but maybe it's adopting a one or two lines, you know, from the Lord's Prayer, even, um, you know, uh, finding these these small phrases that can just begin to introduce prayer as a discipline and as a practice. It doesn't have to be grand, it doesn't have to be big, you don't have to redo everything. You don't have to get up earlier so that you can pray. Some people are drawn to do that. But for those of us, and I include myself in this, who each moment is pretty planned out and and pretty regimented. And I I can't waste any time, you know, it can be done alongside those tasks, prayer. Prayer can and prayer is uh, to be done alongside those tasks. And that's the beautiful thing about the practice of prayer and the practice of the presence of God.
1: And with help from every moment, holy, it can be yeah. done starting today.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, the, the thing about these books is there are each volume has a hardcover, which is which is bigger, a pocket edition, which is a little smaller and has a flexi cover. Right. Volume one has a gift edition, which is even smaller. And those are great, but you can't necessarily have those, like I said, in, in the middle of a task where you're just you're not always carrying them around. But we most always have our phones available on us. Yeah. And there is an app with all of the liturgies available uh, to access. Some are, some are free that just come in the app. Um, you can find all of the liturgies in there. So that's a great resource as well.
1: How do our listeners find out about the books,
0: about the app? Yeah. And then how do they find out more about you? Well, thank you for asking those questions. Um First place to start, everymomentholy.com. It's spelled like it sounds. Uh, uh, You will find PDF downloads for free. We have um, some of those selected. You can find places to buy the books. They are available on Amazon. Um, Rabbit Room Store is actually a really great place to find them uh, as well. Uh, And then Instagram, at everymomentholy, spelled like it sounds. Would be glad to have you there. Uh, They post quotes from the books. They post uh, images that other people have taken, paired with quotes from the book. So it's it's a really sort of lovely community. And then if people want to find out more about me, I am on the internet at lesleyeilerthompson uh, Eiler is spelled e i l e r, and that's my Instagram handle as well. So I'd welcome and anybody you, to connect. And you yourself have a podcast. Yes, Tell yes. Us a little bit about that. Share a little bit about that. Right. Uh, so I do. I do. Lots of different podcast um, things, uh, produ- production work, hosting work. The main show I'm working on right now is called Someone Like Me. And it actually tells survivor stories from human trafficking in the state of Tennessee, uh, partnered with a nonprofit called in Slavery Tennessee. And then a friend and, a, uh, and I have a show called Church Historia, where we dive into church history. First season was all about uh United States church history, the Southern part. And then second season was about like antiquity. So the early, early years of Christianity, how did Kings and rulers interact with the Christian faith? And what does that mean for us today? So those are the two main shows I'm working on right now. And I'd be glad for anybody to take a listen. And they find those on your website. Yes, they can find it on my website. <laughs> Church Churchhistoria is churchhistoria.com. Someone like me, I have a link on my website uh, to that, but someonelikemepodcast.com is where they can find that. Yeah. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Thank you, Colleen. Thanks for having me.
1: And thank you so much for joining us and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk
0: to you again on Connections.